This week, we sit down with Dan Harmon and talk all things community and Rick and Morty. Will there be a community season seven or a movie? What does the future hold for Rick and Morty? And what does Dan think about those new Star Wars movies? Those questions answered and so much more this week on the Lost at Home podcast. Johnson. Like something bigger than a human. The spinning roundhouse kicks could take them all out. What I'm saying is you might confuse and scare them with your motions at least. Oh yeah. Well pandas especially are, are very confused by, by random motions, although they do get angry. So I always wondered that myself, like if they were aggressive if provoked, because bears are bears. And I know? feel if there's one way to provoke somebody or something, it's to roundhouse kick near them because they're gonna assume you're I would you're, say you're both both near and at. And at, yeah. 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 So um Oh, hello. Uh, welcome to the Lost at Home podcast, folks. Welcome back for another week. We're pleased to have you here. And uh, for any new listeners, welcome aboard. We're uh, we're very pleased to have you as well. No discrimination here. Um, everyone who listens to us is loved equally because uh, hits, 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 hits. Yeah, it's all about the hits, baby. <laughs> um, um, this week, we have a very special episode. Um, we have Dan Harmon on, uh, creator of Community, Rick and Morty. Um, Heat Vision and Jack, which, by the way, if anyone hasn't seen that, go on YouTube and find the Pause unaired this, go watch pilot. it right now before you even listen to this episode. Yeah, just, just go find Heat Vision and Jack on yeah. YouTube, please. You can we'll, find we'll, it all over the place. We'll wait for you. It's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, we, we've been uh, pretty excited leading up to this uh, to, to interview Dan Harmon, and he did not disappoint, that's for sure. Yep. Um, so uh, before we jump into that, though, we have our normal housekeeping to get over with. Um, first of all, we have a sponsor. We have audible.com. If you go to audible.com slash trial. No, audibletrial.com slash lost. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I mess that up literally <laughs> every week. I, I, yeah. It's either pluralities or it's the slash. It's it audible, audibletrial.com slash lost. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. And if you go there, you get a free month of Audible, which is uh, their basic deal for signing up for the service. But by signing up through that link in particular, you also get a free audiobook on us. And you could get anything, literally. Um, they have a wide selection of books. I think they're up to 1,100 now. Yep. Um, it's a big library uh, yep. of 1,100 books. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I think last week they had 20, maybe the week before they had 790. They they're, yeah. they fluctuate constantly. They were in the billions at one they point. They were in the billions at one yeah. point. So, you know, they go it's all over the place. It's licensing, you know, that's the content licensors and uh you never know what they're going to have day to day. Kind of like Netflix, like your movie will be on there and they'll be like, "Shit, no it's not." And then it's it's yeah, so. Um so you better go check them out right now and, and get one of those good books. Um you know, uh, one of those Fifty Shades of Grey type situations or some uh, erotic fan fiction. We've uh, we've had plenty of that on the show. We have. And um, for our last bit of housekeeping here, uh, we have partnered with the In Session Film Podcast to start providing on our website uh, movie reviews for both current blockbusters and uh, lesser known 
indies uh, going through the small screen circuit. And they will be supplying indie movie and blockbuster reviews along with links to their podcast along with additional material. And in exchange, we'll be doing a shout out weekly for them at the top of our show. I uh, would definitely go and check out their show. Uh, I'm a big fan myself, been listening for a while. Uh, very, very, very good podcast. Uh, well produced, well done. Uh, enjoy both of the hosts, but Brennan and JD are on point, topical. Their reviews are matching our opinion, surprisingly, across the board, pretty much. And um, yeah, if you go to our website, lostandownpodcast.com, you can now see twice a week their reviews being posted along with links to everything else they're doing. Uh, yeah, we welcome can, them aboard. You can um, stay engaged with them on Twitter, We've, whether the uh, they're at In Session Film or something along those lines. Yeah, right? I'm not on Twitter I, right now, and yeah. I almost never remember anyone's Twitter <laughs> handles. Because <laughs> they're, they're usually all over the place. Uh, they just, but, and yeah. they don't make sense half the time. But I think there's they actually got like the, the, the right one. Yeah, so. they're at In Session Film. Yeah. I-N-S-E-S-S-I-O-N Film. Yeah. Um, go over there and like them. You know, heck, if you're on Twitter, go ahead and like us too. We're at The Lost at Home. And if you're listening to the show specifically because of the Dan Harmon interview, uh, maybe think about subscribing on iTunes and sticking around after because we like our show and we've noticed a lot of other people do too. Yeah, and I think so I think the, a lot of the same people who uh, have the same sense of humor as uh, you know that enjoy Dan Harmon's work, whether it be Rick and Morty Community or, of course, Harmontown, um, would probably like some of our stuff too. Yeah, and if you're uh, if you're also a fan of uh, the rest of the Harmontown and community universe, uh, you can go back through our back catalog on iTunes after you finish subscribing, and you can find a interview a few months back with Dan Harmon's wife Erin McGathy. Mm-hmm. And good. if you go back a few more, you can even find an interview with Dino Stamatopoulos, uh, who is a longtime friend of the Harmons and is also a contributor to uh, community as a writer, actor. He and he's uh, done so much made a cool much, bunch of amazing stuff. <laughs> and Aaron McGathy Oral is still one of my favorite things that's ever been created. So yes, and Erin um, McGathy is also a fellow podcaster, and you can go check out her shows as well. And listen to Harmontown; it's a great podcast. It's actually one of my favorite podcasts. Of and all I time. and I think the the uh, the documentary is still available on Netflix. It was I just watched it a couple weeks ago? So yep. And um, uh, season two of Rick and Morty will be out on July some twenty six, I believe. I wanted to just say 27th in the back of my head. Okay. It's weird that we narrowed in on that 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 range. Why should we be like the third? <laughs> Some other absolutely nonsensical yeah. number. But um, yeah, definitely check out Rick and Morty's second season coming yeah, up. July 26th. Yep. And uh, without further ado, here is the interview. Uh, we are here today with Dan Harmon, creator of Community and Rick and Morty. Uh, we're going to be chatting a little bit today with him about the past seasons of Community uh, upcoming Rick and Morty, where the future lies, and then we're going to run through our normal 10 questions that have never been asked before in an interview. And uh, welcome to the show, Dan Harmon. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. We really appreciate it. Now, uh, both of us here have just finished watching Community Season 6, and I gotta say, we loved it. You've definitely outdone yourself on this one. Oh, great. I'm glad people liked it. Yeah, um, I guess my first question right off the bat is, uh, with the show ending in such a a down note, like a finale, uh, a series finale, not a season finale, um, was there anything over these six seasons that you wished you could have included story-wise into this show that maybe you just didn't have the time or money or resources to throw in? Well, I mean, I think it it's sort of a, a qualified version of the answer, but I, the thing I'll always regret is because I wasn't working on season four and I had teed up the story of Jeff 
meeting his dad um, or reacquainting himself with his dad uh, that, and then they did it. They did that story in season four. Uh, and so I was never able to really go back to it. Um, I, I guess, you know, if, if there had been a, if there had been a, a proper visitation of his relationship with his father, that's probably something that would have been great about season six is kind of wrapping that up. Um, I'm trying to think of a more, that's just the first thing that leaps into my head in terms of like, now that it's now that season six is over, is there anything I regret? And that's, that's more like just kind of general than season six specific. Um, I, we, we wanted to bring back, um, Annie's brother played by Spencer um, from, from the Harmontown podcast who was in season five as Annie's brother. Um, and we actually had a story kind of beaten out that we were ready to do, but then I can't remember why we dropped it. I think we didn't quite know how to solve it or maybe it just didn't work with the other story. And so we never got back to doing it. Now, did you find, uh, well, you know, working with only, um, you know, the 13 episodes on Yahoo more limiting, or did you actually like that a little bit more than having to try to fill up a full, you know, 20 some odd, uh, episode season? Uh, I would, I would, I think that the, I think that the overall effect of having 22 or 25 episodes, uh, in a season is a, is a positive one. I think even though it would have been maybe even harder, I think, I think it's it. Thirteen is a weird number. It feels like you're not doing a real show. Um, when we were, I think you know, I think our best our best seasons were when we were on NBC's schedule and we felt like a real show and we had a full season to do. Um, and so I think if if Yahoo had wanted twenty five episodes, even though it would have, <laughs> I'd probably I'd still be working on them right now. Um, and maybe, maybe Aaron would be divorcing me, but, um, it, 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 I think it would be, well, it wouldn't be worth the divorce and she would be fine, but, uh, it, it, like it would have been, it would have been better. I think I would have gotten my shit more together. I think somehow knowing that you have 13 to do and you're six episodes in and you can fall back on the idea that you're halfway through a season. Um, you kind of, no matter how insane things have gotten, you don't, you don't, you don't take measures to get your shit together and you don't have enough hiatuses to get your shit together. Um, when you have 25 to do you, it's just your life and you kind of, it's, it's, it's easier to like push shit off that and, and develop shit more. And you also have like, you know, you'll go away for Christmas and then come back and um, there's multiple like holidays that happen during your, your season. And um, it just kind of like has a, has a, it feels more like a complete thing for the writers and, and therefore everything trickles down and makes the show a little better. Right. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad it's over because it was hard work, but I, I, I would have, it would have been, it would have been, it's always better to have more than less. I do love what you did with the uh, the short run of the season, though. Extending the episode lengths was nice, and those after credit scenes, uh, <laughs> in particular the uh, Portuguese Gremlins, I think was my absolute favorite this season. I-, I loved all those little touches. Like every time an episode came to an end, I'm like, oh, there's a little more, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, what was it? Uh, the the Jim Buddy one yeah. too. That that was another great great moment. I just liked looking forward to that every week. It's kind of like gets a little sketch comedy tossed in there. Like what's your whistle when it comes? Kind of like back to the you know Channel One Hundred One roots of 
you know, just popping in little two-minute, three-minute things that you maybe didn't get a chance to do during the regular run. Yeah, and I think there was an emotional component to it, too. And it was it was pretty unconscious because we 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 had we had arrived at the formula of like for a tags we usually do go to a place of well what is like what is some tiny little detail from the episode that we can extrapolate to comedic effect and we had done that formula in the past but and I didn't really notice this until around halfway through is that what we were really doing was ending each episode with a little prayer to the god of TV and saying <laughs> like you know what if this is the last season leave leave it understanding that anything can be a tv show and so that therefore our battle is won you know like there is there's nothing out there but possibilities because each each little piece of change that hits the floor and rolls off it it becomes its own thing it's not it's not just debris it's like a seed and uh and can grow into something else um so i i, I was especially proud of that yeah yeah, it was a it was a nice touch. It was something I looked forward to every single week. Um, Portuguese Gremlins. I'm still f- crossing my fingers. It becomes like a Channel 101 or a web sketch or something in the future. It's Kickstarter. It'll be a be five, <laughs> it'll make five million bucks for a movie someday. Yeah, yeah Shrab. That was that was Shrab's baby. Like um, we talked about Portuguese Gremlins in the writers' room, and so it was in the script that it, it just doesn't mention the Chichu Chichu thing with the dialogue, um, and then Shrab. Schraub wanted to take it and run with it and do a trailer for Portuguese Gremlins uh, as the tag. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Schraub is somebody that you can just, you can just say yes to that. And then he goes off and like, he comes back with basically that finished product. Now, uh, quick question about uh, the sets of community. This is a little off from what we were talking about, but uh, I heard in a past interview that you were able to uh, grab an item off of a set from a previous season after you found out that the sets were essentially destroyed after NBC was done with them. Uh, with Yahoo season six being wrapped up, did you actually manage to uh, save anything from the set? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I actually grabbed it. <laughs> did, a... did Yahoo take down the sets like NBC did, or are they saving them in the hopes that you'll come back? Well, it's to clarify, it's, you know, Sony is the studio yeah, so true. Sony owns all that stuff and Sony like is the company that it is because it it saves every penny so the problem with community was every single year we were unclear if we were ever coming back and so every single year Sony would like I don't know what they do with the shit it's like it I can understand saving money, but they're really, they're literally just saving like pennies on storage and not seeing the opportunity. If you really thought a show was over, then you sell, sell the stuff on eBay. You could give, give it to breast cancer research or something, but they, I think they just incinerated or something like that. And they're like, we did it. We saved so much money by not having to store these sets um it seems ludicrous to me like spend 150 million dollars on a movie and then be like well it's 40 bucks we can save yeah it's like and i you you can't blame them for overall being concerned about money when you look at you know the amount of money that they spend on tv shows and then the amount that they they make back only if they're really lucky but it's Mm -hmm. like okay it's a you know it's a shitty business that you're in but the upside is you don't really have to do anything but have money and you stand a chance to make millions uh off of nothing it's just the like like when a show is on the air and has run over three seasons 
probably don't like set fire to any of it. Probably just keep <laughs> around just for a couple of years just to make sure. Yeah, I'd say but, that like a couple of years at least, right? I mean, just and, to, yeah. just and the eBaying idea is logical too. If the show's been around for three seasons, it has a fan base. Someone's gonna want that chair or that lamp. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and again, it's like even if I mean, it's like if it's if it's worth money to yeah, if you're saving money from storing it, then sell it, you know. But. <laughs> I guess they don't. Uh, the The world is changing uh, under their giant feet, and they they they're trying to catch up. All right. Um. I guess this kind of segues into the idea of uh, what's for the future community. Uh, everyone's been asking, of course, uh, more seasons, a movie. Um. Has any word come down either from you yourself or Yahoo on uh, future direction of community? Um. I know that I know that Yahoo is like was all gung-ho like the minute that we wrapped season six um you know they were they were talking to sony about doing a movie um the but the thing is we don't we don't control those actors so and the and the really tough thing is that uh, for some reason i don't know why it works this way but i have to be the guy that signs on first i think in yahoo's case it's because yahoo actually is passionate about about my version of community and actually respects me and, and wouldn't want to do any version of, of anything without me. Um, but what that translates to is that I could sign on to something and be committed to it contractually and then find out that like, you know, Joel McHale and I are making a movie by ourselves, you know, and we have to like, just has to be a movie about, about Jeff Winger and his, at, at this new school. And, you know, I don't want that to happen to the fandom. I don't want it to happen to me. I don't want it to happen to whoever signs on and then finds out they're alone. So, and, and also, um, I'm, I was exhausted. So I, I told Yahoo, like, can we, can we just, you know, can we slow this train down and like wait until people miss it uh if we're going to do a movie if we know we're not going to do a seventh season which is right you know we may do a seventh season uh that's massively delayed um compared to when a seventh season should come or we may do a movie but can we please do it after we've given the actors enough time to experience the world out there? Right. Um, and that, so can we all have a sense that we kind of miss it and we all want to come back and do it um, instead of just this, this like frenetic pace. Cause I really, I really put them through hell this, this last year. And I, and I, I think also they had been through hell in the six year roller coaster of community and, some of those actors are they have their whole life ahead of them and like every every year is another is another tick on this meter like if you're Allison Bree shouldn't you be out there like like doing a lot of shit like and and do you really want to be like trapped on this set wondering what could have been um so i think and, and and the truth is i think they'll find out oh shit it sucks out here it's like leaving the house in beetlejuice you know it's terrible <laughs> um and then and then and then everybody will get back together as as tends to happen and we'll all go man we had it great and, and we miss it and i'll be like yeah I, I promise i'll write faster let's do it um now a friend of mine um he actually lives over in italy and he wrote me today to specifically ask me if i would ask you a question and the question is, um, there's a smooth jazz the song. Is, he wants to know, is it or is it not a spicy meatball? Exactly. 
Uh, yes, it, it is a spicy meatball, and he should know that. It's always, always a spicy meatball. Come on. Yeah. Uh, his question's about smooth jazz. Uh, there's a song by uh, Michael Higgins called Daybreak that's been in a lot of episodes here and there in the background. Um, he was just curious, uh, essentially, where did you find this guy? Um, that was our music supervisors. Uh, Tom Wolf. Tom Wolf. Is his name Tom Wolf? <laughs> that's quite the name. It's a spicy meatball. It just <laughs> and Jason Newman. Um, I just realized Tom Wolf's name was Tom Wolf. Um, <laughs> the uh, but um, the yeah, there, we have we have we have music supervisors on Community, which is something that the Russo brothers early on they said this is an expenditure that a lot of people are going to ask you to take out of the budget, but it's worth having because yeah. you know a single camera comedy you want it to have like a hipness to it and a and a and a, and a taste. You know you want people who know what they're doing musically, and you want to when you go after that needle drop uh, that that you want you want to you want to know what's possible and you want people that are hooked into the industry and stuff and so you know if if if, if i want to get out a checkbook and say i how to ask sarah borellis how much like what does it cost like you you want a music supervisor for that stuff and they're and they're just they're also like really good at at finding cheap stuff um, and uh, i i said you know it's written in the script in that halloween episode from season three that you know Abed just has this song that he's listening to on the radio it's not necessarily denoted as Abed's favorite song or anything it's um but then um so it's just that it's like a light a light jazz kind of song that's just sort of like doop 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 uh and those guys picked that they 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 presented that song and was like oh this is perfect and then on the set um Donald uh like like added that this is like that shot of Donald revealing that Troy Troy loves that song. <laughs> like like the joke is only supposed to be that Abba just having Asperger's just kind of is committed to like doing the whole song. He doesn't necessarily like it or not like it, but then that that reveal that Troy really loves that song. Um th- then I can't remember what the second callback to that that song was. I can't remember if it was the actors Ad libbing, um, or if it was us using the song again, um, but it just—I don't know—it it became a thing. We all just kept calling it back. That's a good little nugget to, to toss in there, anyway, for those that really pay attention like that. Yeah, yeah and I thought I paid attention when he mentioned that to me. He's like, "Can you ask?" I was like, "Wait, yeah, what?" Yeah, and I had to like to, go yeah. and Google it myself. I'm like, "Oh yeah, that." Think like, I remembered yeah. it as soon as I looked it up, but I couldn't bring it to memory straight off the top of my head. Um, yeah. All right, um, moving along here, uh, Rick and Morty. Yes. Um, I was a little late to the game on Rick and Morty. I started watching it about halfway through the season when it came on, and I gotta say, within a day, I went back, watched them all, and it's easily right now my favorite cartoon on air. Um, There's something about it. It's not just smart and funny, but uh, the episode where Rick and Morty destroy their own timeline and go to one where <laughs> their alternate selves just barely died and all they have to do is bury the bodies and adopt their personalities. And they roll, they throw back to that. Later, it, yeah. it, it, it just, that episode alone just hooked me and drew me in. There's something about how you can make a show that's complex and funny and interesting and crass at the same time and then at the same time be emotional. Uh, I don't know, that's the one that did it for me and now I'm hooked. Yeah, I well, I was that's that's when I got really excited about things. I mean, and that was a real team effort. I uh I can't even remember, you know, 
who came up with what idea first, but I remember we, you know, when we finally just decided on that, um, I think we were just trying to figure out how to resolve the, the, uh, the world getting all fucked up. And our idea with Rick was always that, you know, it should just keep moving and Rick should just keep not giving a fuck and keep mm-hmm. fucking more shit up. And we, <laughs> we shouldn't, we, we, we don't want at the end of that all to just hit the reset button. We want this to be about how Rick actually half the time is totally wrong about how to approach things. Um, but that he is also part of a bigger universe so big that we can't understand it. So, um, the, 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 and then like, but, but the, the particularly stunning thing was like, I think it was Ridley, Ryan Ridley, who really executed on paper the, that ending, you know, and, and then it was Justin was like, can we star song, um, look on down from the bridge. Um, and like, Justin's a big Mazzy star fan and, Ryan Ridley was like, you know, we were talking about making it like feel like Breaking Bad and um, and just ending it in this, you know. And then my big passion was for the fact that just the visually that you establish that um, Rick may have done this a thousand times and that, <laughs> uh, that it's a happy ending and everyone's back to normal and the parents are are arguing in this MOS shot and, and Summer's just fucking around on her phone and none of it ever happened. Um the the or rather it did happen but it all went back to normal and and morty alone is the one is emotionally impacted by the fact that he doesn't belong here that this isn't real uh this isn't his real life and it's this is such a perfect metaphor for adolescence because we all go through that feeling when we're when we're that age you know and it's i i and so even if you're 40 and you're watching that it 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 vibrates your spinal cord because you remember that feeling. You remember being 14 and going, Jesus Christ, everyone's a fucking robot and I don't belong here. Right. Um, but there's nothing I can do about it. And then Rick is just eating chips or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's moved on. Yeah. Well, yeah, cause, cause Morty even, uh, uh, he does call back to it, and I think he's even talking to Summer about, yeah, like, oh, t- you, you feel like, window yeah, you graves. literally feel like you don't belong because you've been seeing yourself not exist in this timeline. There are our graves. I came here, and there's just these buried bodies of my old self, and I came yeah. from a totally different dimension or a parallel universe. Yeah, the callback just adds richness to yeah. it. It makes it, gives it more weight. Yeah, and we never planned that. We just, we, I, that was just a moment of inspiration. We, that we you know we didn't know how to resolve the summer thing we knew that we knew that her little brother should come up and give her a little chat um but we didn't know how he'd turn her what he would say to her um and then someone i can't remember who um and in a good writer's room you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to remember who um like someone realized that their their graves would be right out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you just point to them. Nobody's asked about them before, but their graves right outside yeah, the window. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what it is? I think I guess I guess what it must have been is that somebody pitched that he would be talking about that, that he would say, Look, I'm I've been through more existential shit than this. Like I don't even literally do not belong here. Yeah. Um and then someone else in response to that was probably like, yeah, he could probably actually, I mean, show her the bodies. Uh, <laughs> and and then we were like, well, he doesn't have to go out with a shovel or anything. He you could probably just see, he can just point out at the backyard. Yeah. It was probably actually on top of that it was probably then the animators, the 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 artists and stuff going like, well, we'll like let's actually show where the mountain 
mounds are. Like they're not even good grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's asked about it before, but they're just these mounds in the in the in the yard there. Um, yeah, lawnmower obstacles. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I happen to see the uh, the Simpsons cold opening featuring Rick and Morty for the season finale of Simpsons. Uh, how did that ever happen? I, I'm still wondering. I mean, like like Justin says, it's still sinking in. But I mean, it's definitely um, uh, they. The first thing that happened is we somehow heard that that Matt Groening was a big fan of Rick and Morty, um, and we heard that through some. I think through through the grapevine, starting with like some disgruntled little a little bit of begrudgingly respectful like fellow writers who were in that in a room when Matt Granig was like kind of like like saying like this is a show look at this show <laughs> like using our show as a it's like look at this show watch this and made them all watch Rick and Morty <laughs> <laughs> so and, and 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 they're like and so we got we heard through the grapevine like oh Matt Granig's out there like like digging our show um and then I have no idea how it is that we were able to get in touch with them. I, 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 if someone else were sitting here, they could probably fill in that part of the oral history. Like there must be some link there. Somebody knows somebody knows somebody. And somehow we ended up putting the word out to them that if they wanted to, because uh, we had this idea that we, we should do celebrity um, uh uh, in order to incentivize people to get the DVD in a world where um, people can just BitTorrent the show, like Justin kept saying, we let, let's let's make this let's make our season one Blu-ray like worth not stealing, you know, let's make it worth worth paying for. And one of the reasons would would be to like if you're a fan of animation, there's like extra shit on here, including some of your favorite animated creators com- doing commentary. So we somehow, knowing that that Greenig and Al Jean had had been fans of our show, we somehow got word to them. I don't know how that we were doing this. We invited them in and to do commentary, and they said yes, and they came in. And while they were doing commentary, which we weren't there for because we didn't, we thought that would be awkward. We wanted them to be frank, and mm-hmm. and when we listened to the commentary, there they are. Saying, Saying like you know, they're having a conversation and going, we should have them do a couch gag. Oh yeah, yeah, we should do that. And, and we heard that. And Justin, this is you know, like I would, I would, I wouldn't move on this. But Justin, like I think, called Al Jean and 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 said like, was that a joke or was that serious? And they said, <laughs> oh no, it's serious. Let's do it. And then and then our line producer Mike Mendel just took it from there and we and started making the deal and we we're all of a sudden we're we're writing a Simpsons couch gag and I it 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 all happened so fast uh and then and then we forgot about it and then all of a sudden it was on the air and then our names were in the credits after the Simpsons yeah, yeah that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah. in general yeah uh um now Besides the Simpsons cold opening, uh, I heard a rumor that the Rick and Morty cast, or at least Rick and Morty themselves, are going to be an Easter egg in a video game coming out this year. Really? Um, I haven't looked into this. I probably should have been a better researcher for this interview and looked for it, but it was a Twitter uh, rumor going around about a week and a half ago, uh, around the time of E3. Do you, I mean, do you know which video game? Or you... No, it, was a, it said one of the top games coming out this year will feature a Rick and Morty Easter egg. So maybe it's just them uh, doing it, like some, oh, yeah, more, they, some they, more big fans just yeah, getting out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've seen like, I mean, this is the shit that I that I that I love. Like, like, I mean, talk about a dream come true. Like, like when you, I like, I remember um, 
in uh god damn it um what's it called uh borderlands borderlands uh yeah i think it's borderlands one there's a there's a custom armor set you can get that that uh that's called cool 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 or something I, I, <laughs> oh nice so, 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 sometimes you don't know like sometimes i like show show uh aaron and i go like this is a reference to community and sometimes it's like on the bubble where you're like no you're flattering yourself <laughs> like and there yeah in grand theft auto 5 they're they're standing outside the house that they're standing outside of the address is 1373 which is which is my and it, and the address is like right there it's like prominent but it's and it's like it's it's my birthday it's it's scud the disposable assassin serial number because it's my birthday it's also the serial number on abed's spaceship in season 3 of community um, and basically anywhere where that you can find like a four digit number, it's almost always one, three, seven, three in like that, that it's the, the stuff that Shrab and I do. And so I, I, I was like, is this, I, I want to celebrate this, but I don't know if I'm just being a narcissist. Like is somebody over there picking this number, um, as a shout out. Well, you could, you could see that based on the, uh, the demographic that actually makes video games and things like that. Like they would totally. be the type of people that are into community, into oh, they'd mind uh, that, yeah. Scud. I mean, we were into, we were big fans of Scud in the, uh, yeah, we used to read in, that yeah. back in high school. Yeah, I was actually, sur- I, I didn't know. Yeah. I was actually surprised recently. Scott told me that, uh, Rob Schraub actually, when he told me it was Rob Schraub that had a connection to you, I didn't think, I didn't assume it was the comic book artist that I was in love with in the, in, in the nineties, but found out it was the same guy so yeah yeah we moved out to la together yeah that's awesome and uh i hear he's working on the lego movie too now he's the director yep yep uh do you know if he'll be sneaking a scud lego in there anywhere <laughs> I, I have to imagine that yeah there will be there'll be some easter eggs now i mean if if we if we get easter eggs when it, when we don't even know the people i, I imagine <laughs> yeah. I imagine there'll be a yeah, like um, there'll be oh, a tiny so, Dan Harmon in a background <laughs> scene somewhere. Speaking of Scud Easter eggs, there's a. Did you you guys ever remember a movie called Get It On? Uh, is that the cheer the cheerleader movie? Bring, or Bring It On? Bring oh, It yeah, On? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring It On. I, I mean, remember? I mean, I, I, I think know. I saw Get It On also. <laughs> the porno, the porno version of it. Yeah, yeah. In Bring It On, which is directed by Peyton Reed, who was who we like, is a, is a he was a Scud fan. There's a Scud, the disposable assassin sticker, on the answering machine of one of the characters who gets like a phone message. I can't really? believe that movie's that old that there's an answering yeah. machine in it. <laughs> but there's uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stickers on the answering machine, and there's a Scud sticker on it. That's Anyways. Great. Yeah, no, that's that's a good Easter egg. I would never have thought to look for Bring It On and Scud in the same like same yeah. breath. Yeah. Now, uh, is there anything else we can expect this year coming out of Rick and Morty besides season two? Do you have any uh, other plans for the characters, uh, merchandise, toys, for instance? Yeah, well, we have. I I, I think I'm allowed to say because I think I think Justin's already said it that we have we have plushy toys coming to Comic Con, like, and they're. I think he I think he tweeted a picture of a Meeseek, right? Um I hope. I, I yeah, actually I think I saw a stuffed one, but I was wasn't sure if it was real or not cuz I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there that are crafty who might make them yeah, their so own. Etsy, yeah, Meeseek. Yeah. So. No, we're we the the plushy toys are happening and I will tell you having touched one of those Meeseeks and held it that they're fucking amazing and and yeah. I mean, it, whatever you're whatever you're in the market for when you get a plushie, uh 
these these things are bringing it. I mean, that human being's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Straight the, from the, the NBC store. Yeah. <laughs> the the, 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 the Meeseek is is great, and and I th- I think what Justin was showing was a special edition Meeseek, who's like the ravaged Meeseek. Um, there's also bright, shiny new Meeseek, and and I, I God, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but there's there's Ricks and Mortys coming, and the the really great news is that Justin is this is his world, like he lives and dies. His 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 office walls are covered with action figures and collectibles, and he he's a pack rat, and he 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 thinks about these things more than I thought about DVDs when I was doing season one of community. And, and like, he, like he's been riding the construction of these plushies and they're so if the, you know, he, cause he showed me like rejected ones where it's, <laughs> and he's like, and, and I, they're fine. Like, like, I'm, I'm, it's, I guess if you were going to turn Rick into a doll, it would look like this, but like it, it, but he's like, no, no, the hair is all fucked up, and they have to. Like, I wouldn't the, buy this. What the? Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 so he's like a perfectionist, which is really going to pay off when these these plushies and t-shirts and stuff come out. Um, so it's been it's it's the gears turn slowly at Adult Swim, um, and part of the problem is, I mean, the show is like a, it's 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 a. Uh, this sounds like a uh, presumptuous statement, but it's a runaway hit in the sense mm-hmm. that we've only done we've only done ten episodes, so it feels like we should have all this merchandise, but like we, we only have ten episodes, and Adult Swim isn't used to things happening so that that that, that quickly. So the great news of it all is they're like, yeah, 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 we we are we want to make this happen, but you guys have to make more episodes. So we're you know it it it's a win 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 win. Like we're we're going to try to make enough episodes to justify making a lot of merchandise um, and vice versa. I can't wait to see them. My, uh, my Blu-ray of season one's getting a little tired at this point. Yeah. So I've actually watched more. those animatic scenes and stuff. I, I've gone deep into that disc. I'm glad there's so much <laughs> content too. It's really fun to actually see all of it. Yeah. I, 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 I it's going to, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a bummer because there's 10 more episodes for season two and like, we're going to be actively working on season three soon. No, I shouldn't say that. I can't say that. Um, that's not official. Um, but, uh, we, we're not working on season three right now, but, the the you know, there's going to be, there's going to be another gap between after season two and whatever comes after that, which, which we don't know will be season three. We don't know. I haven't said that. I never that, said that. That's the future. We're not yeah, there. We, yeah, we, we were asking about the future. You just, you just, uh, uh, yeah. The, but, but the, I mean, we're actively making it our goal to like, like I want to figure out how to create a world where we can be a actual like prime time show, you know, and like, 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 like have like a season's worth of, of episodes every year. The, the big issue is that a lot of what you're, um, tasting when you're watching that show is Justin Roiland, who is only one man. Yeah. Um, and, and he like every, you know, I'm in the writer's room and everything that you like about the story and the comedy and the characters and the dialogue, I I'll take my share of credit for that. Um, but the flavor of the show the is all about Justin's perfectionism, the fact that he is all over every every step of the production pipeline. And so once you're halfway through a ten episode order, Justin is spread so thin 
that it starts to suffer because we need him in the writer's room too with rolling around on the floor going i'm mr meeseeks look at me <laughs> like <laughs> um so we have to figure out how to clone justin which means like you know finding somebody out there that he loves so much and that he could trust and so we could like maybe double the length of 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 the episode orders and and get on track to you know, having Rick and Morty be a real thing, like a, like on a Simpsons scale um, right. each year, which that's a lot of money that I think adults would be willing to spend. It's a lot of energy that that we need we need more manpower for, and so. But it's everybody's goal because speaking personally, like that would be the greatest retirement I could ever dream of would be working full time on Rick and Morty and, and not worrying about anything else. So yeah, I was going to ask about last season uh, or the, the first season and the only season of Rick and Morty. Uh, are, are we going to get any new improv type episodes like we did with uh, Ricksty Minutes uh, this time around? Because I absolutely adored that. I looked on Reddit. They were blowing up about uh, the beauty of having improv in cartoon form. And that was seriously, that was one of my favorite episodes. I loved, like, I can't imagine how much extra material there was, but just you sitting in the studio uh, and everybody sitting in the studio just having a good time, like, making up commercials and, and, and shows and stuff like that. If we have any of that to look forward to in the future. Yes, there's another, there's another one coming. There's, right. a, there's a sequel to, <laughs> to Interdimensional Cable coming. Awesome. Uh, we're, we're actually working on it right now. We're, we're, we're at the stage where we're looking at it and going like, okay, did we, did we fuck up? And we're kind of, we're all kind of trying to figure out how to shore things up. Cause when you, when, when Justin just goes into a booth and improvises and then you hand it off to animators, you're, you're well down the road before you start to ask questions like, like, Oh, are too many of these ending the same way or something like that. So then you, you're starting to see the patterns and see them all, together and and so then we like now now we're in that phase which right. i remember going through for the first one too yeah. um you know I, I remember the 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 this part of the first one because i remember uh i remember you know and like i really think that like at this exact point in the episode rick or morty need to comment on the fact that everything feels like they're making it up as they go <laughs> so that the audience can be invited in to your playground and like feel like you're not you're not making fun of them for watching because right, yeah. really it is it's just and the second one is even more than ever because i wasn't even there for the second one but like it's just justin going into a vo booth and he just he just he's just babbling and, and like doing all the shit and then and then he just hands it to animators and they animate to it so oh, wow. um and then i and then i sterilize it with my with my grown-up uh shit right? i'm going like, okay come on let's just let's 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 make this joke land and then let's also like let's have them say this is weird all the time right all right um i think we've we've Dug this mine deep enough. Um, if we ask you any more things, you're gonna get contractually in trouble. Um, how about we move along to the end segment of our interview, uh, where we ask you 10 questions no one's ever asked you before in an interview. All right. Um, feel free to pass if anything here is past any boundaries or any level of sensibility for your end. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and do the odds and you can yeah, do the evens. sounds good. All right, the first one's always a softball just to get you into it, get everyone warmed up. Uh, and we asked the same question of everyone. Uh, number one, who was your favorite Ghostbuster? 
Oh, uh, yeah, uh, 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 Egon. Good for you. Very good. That's, That's my only the second too. time I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. He's straight in slinkies. Um, <laughs> uh, we we'll go. Uh, what's your favorite shitty movie? Uh, uh, your definition of shitty definition of shitty whatever you define as shitty yeah I mean I I, I really like Zardoz um, oh wow I just watched that like last year <laughs> again yeah Aaron, Aaron and I bad. Aaron and I are pretty fond of uh, of Lucy was that is that the one with uh, oh, what's her name with uh, Scarlett Johansson you mean yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just thought it's yeah. ridiculous it's over the that top ridiculous insane. but it's really entertaining so that could be a new Zardoz for us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it could just be called the new Zardoz. All right. All right. Uh, number three. Uh, you're a bit of a gamer, as we all know. Uh, of all the games that have ever been hyped to you about playing that you then played, what was the biggest letdown? Ah, uh, what's the what was the biggest what was the most overhyped game I've ever played? Yeah, that, and then when you played it, letdown. it was just yeah. a letdown. Um I think I think Grand Theft Auto 4 um uh, wait that that's the one in that's the, that's the New York City one that's the Russian immigrant one yeah 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 I I it was you know they I and I I was a big apologist for it because I was so hyped about it but I that's why I I think it was overhyped because I mean, we just expected so much of a new Grand Theft Auto coming off of San Andreas, and like th you were hearing all these rumors about, and maybe it wasn't their fault. I mean, maybe they didn't deliberately. I don't know, but the, they were saying like, "Oh, this is a, a one to one scale New York City. Like, it's really New York, and like it. it, it I don't know. It's just you, it didn't. But really... you could drive across it in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no like, traffic. It was just like a graphic upgrade, and the gameplay really suffered. Actually, it like went down from San Andreas in terms of the sandbox quality. Yeah, they True. forgot why people were actually playing. Uh, yeah. Grand Thought it wasn't to have a scale. If people wanted scale uh, re replicas of New York City, they'd go to New York City. But in this case, oh, but yeah. there's a okay. Here's a here's a worse one. Like, because Grand Theft Auto, to, Grand Theft Auto is just suffering. Like Woody Allen or the Coen Brothers of too much expectation because of how much great stuff they've done. And the that fucking Spore game, Spore. Was, yeah, I have that at home. Oh Jesus! I was super excited for that. Yeah, and then it basically turned into a more of a kids game on learning evolution. It was so. <laughs> That's dumb. about it. And it it was like they were promoting it as if it was like, World hey, building. if you ever wanted to like simulate biological life, like from the primordial oceans up into civilization, I'm like, yes, yes, I of have. Course, yes. Yes. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's like you play one segment of the game and it has no bearing on the rest of the game. Like you finish <laughs> the stupid like tadpole game and then you and then you move on to this dumb game about bipedal monsters walking across a landscape and then you move up to this like kindergarten Sesame Street version of Sim City. Yep. <laughs> Awful. Yep. Agreed All right. 100%. <laughs> Alright, uh, we'll go to number four. Uh, if your job was writing erotic fan fiction, what pulp, pop culture property or properties would you choose as your first subject? Supergirl? Supergirl erotic fan fiction. Based on the comics or the new show that kind of looks terrible? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen anything video-wise. I'm just basing it on the comics, I guess. Okay. I'm basing it on the costume. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's like just, it gonna, screams yeah. erotica. It's been sexualized over the years, yeah. Little mini skirt yeah. that a person who flies probably shouldn't wear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's a <laughs> flying cheerleader, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, that, oh, that sounds sexy, actually. I'd buy that erotic fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> but it has to be called flying cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, number five. Um, have you ever gone out for a night of drinks and ended up somewhere the next morning that you shouldn't be, like, in other words, not your own home? Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you're talking about Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't necessarily mean, like, a woman's bed prior to marriage. I mean, like, a different town or city or the steps of your local municipal buildings. Right. No, I've never I've never done anything. Well, I've done lots of sexual things, I guess, in terms of one night stands when I was single. But but um, like I yeah, I've never I've never woken up like mysteriously in a different town. I just I've just in my in my 20s and 30s, I have often uh, woken up on like in in homes that I didn't remember going to necessarily and definitely didn't know where my car was and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I don't, I, I can't really, I can't really think of any specifics. That happens to the best of us. I had a friend of mine wake up uh, in Canada uh, in a cow field with no clothes on before. That's about as bad as I've heard it. And I had a friend who woke up in Canada on a park bench and his friends had already driven back to America. Yeah, we live really close to Canada, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like a crazy thing for that to happen. Like, we just live close enough to Canada. I was in Montreal two weeks for, ago. <laughs> for people to just wander up to Canada and, and wake up and have to worry about getting across the border without clothes. So, um, number six. All right. If, <laughs> if you could work with any creative figure, living or dead, who would it be? Uh, you can name a few if you want. We can make this easy. Just rattle some off. Okay, well, I you know I'd love I'd love to I'd love to write a script that Christopher Nolan then directed or mm -hmm. David Fincher. I mean, um, I I for that matter I'd love to I'd love to work with Justin Lin again, um, who I did get to work with on Community. Um, I I uh, I'd, I'd love to write for Bill Murray. Uh, I'd love to you know. I'd love to have a chat with uh, Aaron Sorkin. Um, uh, I uh, I don't know what I would do with him, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right, Fair very enough. good. That brings us to number seven, I think. All right, uh, Rick and Morty's everywhere. Uh, what is your all-time favorite cartoon? And you can't say Rick and Morty. <laughs> all-time favorite cartoon. Um, and I think if you said Simpsons at this point, it would sound like fans. Yeah, and, and once again, just name a few if you want. I know limiting it to one is really tough. So yeah, um, what was it? I was just thinking about this the other day. What was the? I mean, the truth is, if you if you go back to childhood, like the, in terms of hours logged watching and obsessing over it, um, the Pac Man cartoon was my. And like I, I would record it on VHS, and I would just replay the episodes over and over and over again. I don't, I, I don't know why. I think, I think kids seek out identity because they recognize that adults have favorite things, and so kids are like, "What's my favorite thing?" And I right. chose Pac Man, and I, I just got really into the Pac Man cartoon. 
yesterday. I think it's like a sad story of like I don't I don't know how to have favorite things. <laughs> like and so uh, I just Pac-Man like, was a roll of the die. It, it was like picking a fire hydrant as like a favorite thing. <laughs> like, this this is my identity. Yeah, I remember watching that as a I kid, but I don't have any good memories of like stories or plots. I, well, I just remember it, was, it existing. It was fucking Pac-Man. I'm sure there were no stories and no plots. I'm guessing <laughs> the dots are in this town. Like, this day, I gotta go dot, get them. And maybe I'll. It was weirdly Pac-Man. like it was a weird ripoff of the Smurfs. Like it was like there was Pac-Land, and uh, there was a obvious Gargamel figure named uh, Mes- Mesmeron. Uh, who sent out the ghost monsters to try to find the location of the power pellet forest that Pac-Man worked at. Um, <laughs> of course, so they we would, remember that. Could just check the it yellow did, pages? It didn't, it, it didn't make a great deal of sense. It was obviously somebody had either worked on the Smurfs or seen the Smurfs and was regarding the Smurfs as somehow the Star Wars of animated shows and like the template and, by which you had to was work demanding with. that Pac-Man fit the story model right. of the Smurfs. Um, what are we going on to number? Uh, this one, eight. All right. Uh, if you could turn into any animal and stay that way for life, what would it be? Uh, sea otter. Any, any specific like an reason? Otter. Just, just because or a like... river, a river otter is there. There's a difference, probably a freshwater otter because they float on their backs and they, uh, they just hang out. They eat like uh, mussels and clams and things on their stomach, That's and they true. just float on their back. Which isn't too far from me when I'm just chilling out on the couch, like drinking beer off my belly and and all eating hot dogs off my belly. That's a good one, yep. actually. All right, number nine. J.J. Uh, Abrams is rebooting Star Wars. Episode seven's coming out this fall. Do you have an opinion? I don't. I'm glad it. Else, I can't think of anyone else I'd rather it be. Um, I don't really, I'm 42 and I feel like, I feel like it's, they're not making movies for me anymore. And I, I, to the extent that I'm like cranky about them, it's like, it's a little, like, I feel like I'm, it's it's like the elephant in the room is like, dude, you've seen 500,000 movies and these movies are for people who have seen three movies. Um, and so why are you bitching? Like, like, so I, I kind of, I kind of have checked out. Like I, I, I see that they're making new star Wars movies. I can't wait to see them. I'm probably not going to go see them in the theater. Um, I, and I'm, I'm, I really liked what JJ Abrams did with the, um, the, the first star Trek movie. I thought it was so clever. Um, and such a great like way to reboot a franchise in the movie without movies. rebooting, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like the fact that they used the 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 Star Trek franchise's biggest weakness, which is its continuity issues, its time travel like complications, and they they stepped on the time travel gas and used that to say, yeah, different time timeline. Now now it's just Star Trek again. Um, yeah, they managed so to fight I, fire I, with fire. <laughs> And I don't know how much of that credit goes to him or if that was just a brilliant screenplay written, but I don't know who wrote the script. But I, I, I'm, 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 you know, I, it all comes down to who's writing the, the script. I mean, I, I, I heard that Kasdan had been brought in to do a pass. That's heartening, I guess. Um, I think that, I think that the guy that you really want involved in a Star Wars movie though is that guy who lives in exile what was his name gary gary kurtz gary i'm not sure 
worked on Star Wars and Empire, and his it oh, was the director of Empire. No, no. Uh, what was that? Was Irvin Kershner? Yeah. Uh, yep. The, the, the I think this guy's name was Gary Kurtz. Uh, I hope I'm getting that name right. Um, he was he was the guy by all accounts who like looked at Lucas's script for the first one and said, "Why don't you cut this down a little and why don't you just call it the Force instead of calling it the Force of the Thousand Voices of the Padawan? Just and why don't you just call them Jedi instead of calling them like all this other crap?" And like he simplified the mythology and was always like he had he was the guy with the red pen that you don't see in phantom menace or for that matter he 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 you know he and he was the guy by all accounts that had the the restraint that you don't see in return of the jedi um and uh, he was there for star wars and empire and then he was gone so and you can read like interviews with him in 1990 fangoria magazines where he's like He's like this, you know, he's like this Napoleon in exile who was like the guy who told George Lucas no. Um, and that's enough and knock it off. <laughs> and uh, and then, of course, George, as soon as, as soon as Lucas had the power to, he got rid of him. Yeah. And didn't, um, did obviously, and then that's how Jar Jar gets made. Yeah. Yeah. I, when you when you watch the audition videos uh, for Star Wait, like audition videos, you can hear them doing dialogue that sounds exactly like the dialogue in Phantom Menace because that's 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 first draft Lucas. Yeah. That's Lucas without anybody telling him no. Wow. And it's it's just Leia talking to Han about fucking embargoes and galactic <laughs> empires and shit <laughs> gives a shit about in this language that makes no sense and it just sounds like Flash Gordon, yeah. shitty, bad Flash Gordon stuff. And like so that you see that again in Phantom Menace. It's just like, oh, this sounds exactly like those forty-year-old uh, videos of Carrie Fisher auditioning. Yeah, there was definitely those... a, like a C-SPAN aspect of the first, like of Phantom Menace, <laughs> where, where I thought I was just watching like an intergalactic C-SPAN of boring shit, just be like, well, it's not there oil, blah blah blah. So yeah, so the thing that would really excite me, and maybe a lot of this is apocryphal, you know, like I, and also who who is this guy, and how old is he, and why hasn't he gone off and done a thousand. Who knows? Like maybe because he was—I don't know. I don't know what his story is. But if I had heard, if I heard the rumor that that guy was back on board, I'd be like, "Oh man, this this could really be our jam." But as it is, who knows? I mean, Abrams is is so passionate, and by his account, more passionate about Star Wars than he ever was about Star Trek. Yeah, and I'm actually—I'm um, uh, curious too. You you mentioned that uh, in the latest, and I, this isn't part of the tenth question because uh, that's still to come, but. Uh, in the season finale of Community, you actually kind of referenced, I don't know if it was you or just other members of the writer's room, but that exact thing, like, this wasn't meant for me. Jeff was saying, like, I'm not the person who's supposed to love these shitty uh, Marvel movies. I don't care about the Marvel movies. And then uh, Alison Brie's character, you know, Annie was just like, well, I can't even say I don't like these shitty Marvel movies. So uh, it sounds like almost exactly what you just said. Like, these aren't made for me, but this is yeah. my this is my opinion of these. Yeah, I think I think we've I mean, my generation like I think it's cool that we stayed young and nerdy and stuff, but I mean if we don't if, why do we keep cheering for the trailers for movies based on comic books when now that's the mainstay and why 
why do we argue about whether they're good or bad when they are flowing out of a tap in our kitchen Mm -hmm. like it it, it's time to move on the nerds won we've taken over um that means that now like everyone that takes over we are going to make as many bad things as we are going to make good things (laughs) yeah and 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 now maybe we need to have a a classic revolution where we actually get back to some basics and do like french new wave shit and like like make good movies you know um and and get interested in them and, and and character and stuff. I think you know. I'm, I I can't. I, over all this time, I'm. I I just watched uh, that 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 movie, that Noah Baumbach movie, uh, while we're young, and uh, I I don't even I hadn't even seen the Squid and the Whale because I was too busy like you know bitching and complaining about whatever shit was in the you know being shoveled into my mouth and that it it, it I I I think there's like seven Noah Baumbach movies I haven't seen and I like he's so fucking good and he's it's it's he's exploring things that are interesting and he's like. I'm 42. I should be watching Noah Baumbach movies. Right. Yeah. (laughs) At at the very least. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, we'll we'll get off that and we'll go to a a real curveball here. The last one. uh, Number uh, 10. Question number 10. This is the fuck, Mary kill. You know the rules of fuck, Mary kill. Choose, uh, give you three names. It's pretty clear. It's in the title. Uh, All right. We've got fuck, Mary kill, Hitler, God, Dino Stamatopoulos. All right. Well, I'll marry Dino so that I can just hang out. Makes sense. Um, I will. Well, obviously, I'll I'll kill Hitler and fuck God. I mean, actually, that was kind of really, easy. I didn't really, think about this was. That. I said it was a, a softball actually here. Uh, that was way more of a softball than expected. I was expecting yeah. some real pondering, but Dino's the guy to marry. Like, uh, yeah, we we talked to him on our podcast. He's as a long great as guy. it's an open relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he'll do some weird <laughs> shit to you sexually, also. But there's gonna be, it's gonna be a great time. Weird, but is, if we're weird married, is a definition. No. Yeah. Know. True. True. In most states. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was our ten questions. That was our interview with uh, Mr. Dan Harmon. Uh, Dan, it was great talking to you. Um, All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, hope you had as much fun as we did here today. And uh, to everyone else out there, thank you for tuning in and listening. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Thanks again, Mr. Dan Harmon, for sitting down and chatting with us. Uh, obviously, a busy guy, has a lot of stuff to do, a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm not going to lie, Jerry, I'm a little hard right now. That, uh, that that was one of my dream interviews that I've always wanted to get for the show. I'm surprised and he didn't I, actually mention uh, while we were interviewing him that he could see. I, we had clear, had clear erections. Clear erections. It and, didn't and help we did that we, via, we did it via Skype. So and we he, both chose to wear matching gray, uh, like, college dorm style sweatpants yeah. like with no lazy. table or anything in front no of table. us just standing up we actually he couldn't see our face it was actually just from like belly button down the entire thing it was weird yeah I mean we, it wasn't weird that we did that it was weird that he didn't remark didn't, on didn't it once didn't mention it he was just, yeah. I did see a couple moments and uh, it's probably due to editing that those uh, dull blank periods of no sound are going to be in the interview right but uh, there were definitely a few points where he just sipped on his his, uh, his drink and mm-hmm. just, just looked at it. Just us. looked at it. Just made eye contact it was with our prolonged eye contact with our stiff junk. With just like that thoughtful sip. Like you go to take the sip, and you look a little harder, and you squint your eyes like you're thinking, and then you finish the sip that yeah. you that you were about to start that you paused for. Do you think that maybe the next Harmon project is going to be about our junk? If it's a movie about mountains, I'm going to assume yes. Of course, we definitely had <laughs> some uh, ridges and peaks <laughs> yes. going on. Yeah, the tiny mountains. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Speaking of, uh, well, yeah. Oh, here we go. No, I got no Speaking segue. Of, no, I got no segue. <laughs> no, no. If uh, if you listen back to the uh, interview, or rather, should say, just listen to it. Um, uh, you may have noticed we we were discussing uh, our love for one of the pe- one of the bits that aired on Community this uh, in the recent season was the uh, was it Portuguese Gremlins? Yes, correct? it was. Um, and it actually made me go and uh, look today uh, to see if there were any other like legit really weird uh, foreign rip-offs of American TV shows. The funny thing is when you put this in, almost all the Google reser- results come back about really shitty American versions of good foreign films. But I was that makes a, a yeah. lot of sense. Well, yeah, because there are a lot of like really bad like foreign. I mean, sorry, good foreign. Oh, films America's really, famous for doing that, just like Hollywood things and destroying just them, turning them into fucking Hollywood diarrhea. Just being like, you know, maybe this like really in depth story needs uh, like a funny gay friend. Whoa, and he's gonna be stereotypical and blue. And then there's gonna be uh, like well, a. It's like the British uh, IT crowd, all physical the it crowd. Yeah. And it, uh, it's been tried in America once, and it's about to be tried again, I believe. So I think we're on our second attempt now, and it's just never going to be done right because they won't allow it to be like uh, like The Office, for instance. Gonna, yeah, every once the in a while we get a good, a one. good yeah. copy that did one major change that worked. They made the main character, the boss, instead of being a cynical, evil asshole, they like made a, him be a dumb goofy yeah. bumbling like a idiot. real like a really nice positive guy but an idiot yeah. and that that only change that they made was that and it was an effective change and i think it works because the audience worked with it like yeah. you bring it to america like oh he's an idiot i relate yeah yeah exactly and actually i the thing that re- i related to so much with when i watched the american office was that i don't and maybe bosses are different over in um in the uk but I know that the a lot of the corporate type bosses I've had, um, you know, wouldn't I mean mostly working like corporate retail and, and food service and stuff like that, have not been the brightest people. Like they've just been at that real like middle management, low management level, and they're just kind of like they're really nice, but they're and they think they're really important, but they're really really stupid and not. And nobody wants to actually be like they're, that. Be like someday you'll be in in my shoes. They're thinking they're important is the only thing that keeps them coming back every day. Yeah. Without that, they're literally just going to slit their wrists. You know that. <laughs> it's just going to be like a bottle of Jim Bean, a bathtub, and a toaster. Yep. Yep. Or whatever's applicable to their trade. Yeah. yeah. I think you just described a bartender on his last leg. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, anyway, I uh, went to look at these. I, I did find one um, good list from uh, dorkly.com. From, it was actually from last year in 2014. And uh, late last year in December, that they posted this nice little thing of eight weird ripoffs of American TV shows. Um, I don't know if I'll go through all of them. I'll probably at least list all of them. But some of them uh, stood out pretty, pretty uh, better than others. Anyway, the very first one is "It's Always Sunny in Moscow." Which, like, that's just the name of it. I am so excited about that one. Mainly, I kind of want to see it. I just don't, I doubt there are any like subtitled versions of it. I don't know. Maybe there are. But my my wife, uh, she her family's from Russia and uh, she speaks Russian and loves Russian things. Like when something comes on. Oh, there's on, a couple of Russian when, ones on this list. Yeah, too, when there's so. something that comes on that has like a Russian translation, she likes reading or listening to it to see how close they get. Right. you know, they, they, there's a lot of fuck ups. And she's pointed out to me sometimes where they're like, they mean to say like, you know, this soap smells like the country. And instead it comes out like, this soap slips, smells like cunt. Slippery thing smells like cunt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me that cunt, cunt flavored slippery bar. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, but, but there's mess ups all the time. So I, I couldn't even imagine like if they do any dubs of this or if they just, you know, leave it normal. Like there's probably going to be weird cultural differences. Yeah. Uh, you were telling me about this one earlier. Uh, the name of the bar alone. It's just, it's just called Philadelphia. Instead of Patty's Pub. Yeah. Just yeah. so they, Philadelphia. they just called the, the bar Philadelphia. Uh, and I guess there are a lot of like... They they have some slight differences. They don't like, completely rip off the uh, script or anything, but the plots are pretty pretty close. In fact, the first episode of uh, It's Always Sunny in Moscow is called uh, The Gang Gets Racist. If you're a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, you know that that's the exact title of the uh, first episode of that, I believe. Um, now, it's, though, by calling this uh, The Bar Philadelphia, we're assuming that this is a Russian-made show that takes place in America? See, I don't know about that. I think or, maybe I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe uh, it's a Russian it's, bar. It's, it's, named it's a Russian after bar, American. yeah, named after uh, you know the the cream cheese. That was my that was after the cream cheese, not yeah. the city, not the city. Yeah. No, I was curious about that because I wouldn't understand how it would work otherwise. Because there's a lot of their culture that has to go into this. Like, there's going to be differences in how the scripts were handled in America as opposed to Russia. Yeah, and I it, it's too bad because uh, I I wished actually by the time this article posted in last December. There was a clip that was already taken down, unfortunately, but there was somebody, I, I wish I could find it around, um, somebody out there had actually uh, thrown together a comparison clip going like a kind of a, a, a juxtaposition between scenes from that, the, the Russian version and the American version. I kind of wish I could see that. Unfortunately, it's been removed, but you can go online on YouTube and, and view all these actual Russian clips of It's Always Sunny in Moscow. Um, I don't know if it's it's still on or anything like that, but it looks pretty awesome. And the, I mean, they tried to get the the characters, uh, the branding, everything is pretty much identical. Um, although there is a mystery character we can't figure out on the poster because because yeah. they okay right up front we've got the waitress who has actually been renamed Girl with Whom Love Max. Uh, Max is Charlie's character. And there's a like clearly D. She's you know the blonde. Uh, Mac is now Roman. Yeah, it, Dennis yeah. is Sergi. Yep, and 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 so they they all look pretty like normal, and they're they're like, riding bikes like the the like, uh, it's always sunny crowd did in one of their uh, promos or tricycles. Um, and then in the background there's Frank, you know Danny DeVito's character, and there's somebody riding on the back of the bike with him. After zooming in, it looks like it's a woman. We have no idea who it would be. No, nope, I mean, not, not, not shown in the trailer. Nowhere. We we cannot figure out who yeah, this so, extra woman character. So is. So I might actually have to go and try to <laughs> try to bumble my way through a Russian uh, episode of It's Always Sunny in Moscow. We will uh, be putting the YouTube clip of the trailer for the show in our show notes at thelostnomepodcast.com. So if you want to head over there uh, and find the show, you will see in the show notes the YouTube clip and a little write up on it. So. Uh, do you want to play a little bit of audio from this uh, just for the heck of it, or do you want to move along? I'll play a little bit right now. Если у друзей свой бар, но в баре этом пусто, нужно в бар позвать ребят. Да, давайте позовем всех наших пацанов. А девчат не нужно. Капец, полный бар мужиков. Вы хотели, чтобы я вас обслужил? Всех по очереди обслужил. Ты что, попутал, что ли? В Москве всегда солнечно. С 12 мая в 20.30. Все, мужик, давай, бар закрывается. Я же не допил. Ну ты что, в дыню давно не получал, что ли? Вредные советы на ТНТ. Sounds just like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I was watching the same show. Perfect. Um, moving on, we've got uh, Metastasis. Metastasis. Or now this is metastasis, something the Colombian Breaking Bad, which I've actually I seen on other. This. Yeah. I saw that pop up on some other uh, uh, 
articles recently, actually, in the last few months. So, um, yeah, Columbia has its own version of Breaking Bad. Yep. I thought it was a reality show year. at first. I thought it was just cameras falling around normal Colombians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, that's not cocaine? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I'm curious about this one, too, a little bit. Um, so, but, you know, Breaking Bad is probably a drama. It actually might actually have, I don't know, it might have some... Uh, character to it who knows uh there there was a dutch golden girls show too interesting um, interesting uh there was uh powerpuff girls z wait um, z like dragon ball z was this asian i i have i have no idea is it animated yeah yeah, yeah it's animated okay it, 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 it first of all if, if you style. said it wasn't animated i would pause the show right now to yeah. go watch it yeah it's i believe it's a japanese adaptation of the powerpuff girls and oh my god it's very it's anime. anime style yeah. yeah they're like they aren't those little design- uh, oh, brown is, oh, girls you know what it actually says it's designed by the creators of sailor moon so it looks it it definitely does yeah, it has a feel yeah. and it says it's it's uh, this one actually might have because it's not like powerpuff girls was you know uh i mean it, it seems like that would be one that could actually port over especially to since that one was sort of had an anime feel to it to begin with even though the animation didn't but some of the action did in the uh the style that one actually might port pretty well to this yeah um, actually the review of it says it's really awesome overall and there's just, 50, like action there's, fun right there's you know? 50 episodes of it so if you're a fan of a uh, sailor moon or powerpuff girls as a lot of people i know actually are because of their lovers of animation yeah and i think actually those, they're both they, good they animation both, and, they, and a lot of people are fans of both like yeah that thing yeah oh but I, I, I can't wait to go home and tell the wife she's gonna flip because yeah. she's at home right now putting away laundry watching sailor moon s oh okay there you <laughs> so, go so we might actually be able to check that one out that one uh might be pretty cool actually i might check that out too but um then we've got the iranian modern family which, which is literally feel, the title uh iranian modern i don't think i don't necessarily know if that's the title i think um I'm, I'm i didn't see anything else for a title here um i just think that's what they're calling it in, in this in, in this particular article oh no it is called haft sang h-a-f-t-s-a-n-g oh there it is yep haft, haft, haft sang haft, haft sang haft sang um why did you go asian with it haft, <laughs> haft sang because i don't i mean who knows i don't know how to fuck oh, oh i love this new iranian show oh iran has the best tv oh do you I, know, I watch the Hafta song. Do you know that it's not pronounced the way that I pronounce oh, it? I do not know anything <laughs> my ignorance is apparent I just due wanted, to my racist accent yeah, clearly. I brought that out after talking about a Japanese version of Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, which we should have done in an Iranian accent. Um, and then, uh, oh, number- oh, can I hear your Iranian accent? Because I don't have one, and I'm wondering who you were just talking to. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Iran is in the Middle East. <laughs> okay, I will West never Park. force you to do an please, accent again. Please, not one for the Middle East, because... They, I don't, I don't know. Because you're to, gonna go Indian. You're gonna go full Indian accidentally. Yeah, or pa- Pakistani Indian, one of those. Um, so number six, a million versions of The Office. That one's not very surprising. Um, they've no, got every got versions country. in Sweden, Chile, Germany, Israel, France. How hard is it to do that? French, you Canada. Find an office and put some people in suits. Yeah, and pretty much, yeah, do the same. Everybody has their version of The Office that would probably port over pretty well and get people to watch it. Um, this you one sh- though, you showed me this one earlier yeah, today, and I th- this love one, it. Uh, the Russian Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Um, featuring featuring as they put it dr hitler because um their version of uh of of dr forrester is called professor zamschleim kelly a little help on that one yeah Um, right uh but if you you don't have to look closely it looks it's hitler I mean, bangs. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely one hundred percent Hitler. There's yeah. no questioning it. It is Doctor Hitler. Uh, right. it, yeah. No. There's. It, 
He's yeah. got a monocle. And, and, does does Hitler not have a monocle? Is that their distinction? Like, oh, just throw a monocle on it. It'll be. Yeah. It's a new guy. Yeah. It, no, it's not. It's Doctor Hitler now. Like, mm. it's totally. It's Hitler with a monocle. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Project Popcorn. So, uh, so looks pretty good. So yeah, that's a that's a weird weird list of movies that you can go and actually find Shows, trailers yeah. for each and every one of them on YouTube. And if you're diligent enough, you can probably find full episodes by torrenting or some other form of uh, illegal downloading of shows, which you should never, ever, ever do to Community or Rick and Morty. Watch them the way they were meant to be watched. Especially since with Community, you can on just Yahoo fucking watch it like, and on, on Adult yeah. Swim. Yeah, and you can watch that shit for free online already with, with actually going to their sites. By the way, that. we never really touched on it during our interview with Dan Harmon, but uh, for anyone who has watched the last episode of Community, we don't know if it's a season or series finale. It's kind of up in the air at the moment. Right. Um, the last moments of the last episode is a monologue by Dan Harmon, which is both touching and <laughs> insightful and yeah. hilarious. It's, it's a lot of it like is very personal because he like kind of spouts off a lot of. Personal, it is. Yeah. It's it's a bit of Dan Harmon bearing his soul, and if anyone hasn't caught does, up to the last episode, it's uh it's definitely a treat. When you get to it, we won't spoil it by playing it or by reading it, but it, just know that there is Dan Harmon speaking. As a as like a narrator of sorts. Yeah. At mm-hmm. the very, very, very end of the last episode. So when you get there, look for it. Be ready for it. It's very touching. It's moving. It was definitely something that we thought was uh, incredible. And if the show never comes back again, cross my fingers, it does, though. Love that show. Yeah. Want to see more of it. In the form of either they're, 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 show or movie. It's a know? very poignant ending if that's where it ends. Yeah. If that's where the road finishes, there definitely is a pot of gold there. Yeah. So on that... uh that bit of a dour note we are going to go out on uh what is currently my favorite band to listen to uh it's a bit of a downer song but it's good it's awesome it's ryan gosling's band dead man's bones yeah i would say the most the 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 most fuckable band on the planet yeah ryan gosling go go fuck yourself you're like the hottest man on earth to every woman uh and, and guys and, 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 both, and you play and you playing some cool movies He's and stuff and some cool indie and then films. and then you make some cool music too and yeah then you did so I, I thought about that because I, I liked i started i got into dead man Bo- band's bones when i first heard song on like serious uh xmu or whatever and i was like this is cool and then i looked it up i'm like oh fuck it's ryan gosling yeah i'm supposed to hate him but i don't we're not no no i i've given up i'm a ryan gosling fan now yeah. so to go out on like that that slightly down note of our show we're going to go out on the song Lose Your Soul by Dead Man's Bones, sung by Ryan Gosling and backed up by a children's choir, as yeah. all the songs in the album are. <laughs>